How's it going, listeners? Welcome back to Cast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how free games are affecting the gaming industry and how they will affect the future of the gaming industry. And today, we actually have our first true guest on the show. They're from a YouTube channel called Should You Play It? And we've actually done a collaboration with them already with our uh, YouTube channel, Cubold Gaming. So why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and, and talk a little bit about what you guys do. Hello, everyone. This is Michal from Should You Play It? And I'm Caleb from Should You Play It? And we are all about free games from Epic. That's what is our main focus is <coughs> on, but we're trying to expand our gaming uh, focuses as well. <coughs> but we, are all, we cover all the weekly free games from Epic and we review them and we give notes about all about it. That's how, so we got started about almost three years ago now. Yeah. And at that point, uh, Epic was giving away one game every two weeks. And we thought, hey, like once every two weeks would be good for us to just take a look at this and tell people like if it's interesting or not. And quickly after that, Epic started giving away like a game every week and then sometimes like three or four games every week. So it really snowballed. Um, but we managed to keep up with it. And we the main idea is to try to help gamers spend their gaming time wisely. And so we play all the free games yeah. so that like our viewers don't have to. <laughs> I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jay. You guys have a lot of videos too, so you must play an awful lot of games. Oh yeah. Well, we just recently uh, reached 1,000 videos. Not all wow. of them are reviews, of course, but we, especially last year, we tested a lot of new concepts. Yeah, we've tried a lot of different things. And I mean, <clears throat> just following Epic, Epic has given away 231 free games. That's crazy. That's wow. insane. And with a few exceptions, like we have like tested all of them and done a review of all of them. And then like we were doing gameplay for a while. Yeah. We do multiplayer tutorials. We do live streams. And like for this previous Christmas 2021, Epic was giving away a free game every day for 15 days. Yeah. Hmm. So I was on vacation, but Mikhail <laughs> actually did like yeah. a... A prediction video yeah. for the next one. Every single day, basically, Every day. like three to four videos. Yeah. Non-stop. Wow. And, and uh, streaming live as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So that's, that's, why, that's why we reached a, a thousand yeah. videos pretty quickly. So we're trying to pull back from that now and get a, get a little bit, get it a bit more under control because it's still a hobby for us. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I was going no, to say. For you guys also, right? Like yeah. it's still, it's still a, like a hobby for you, but you, you guys put like, a lot more editing time into your videos. It's a very different approach, I think. It is. Yeah. Kind of coming at two different angles to the YouTube thing. We usually try to put uh, maybe about four videos a month up. So we do one big mm. collab, and then we do three individual videos in yeah. each month. So that's our goal for this year. And, okay. and I want to say that, um, what is it? Yeah, I was going to bring up, oh, also, there are three Caleb's here. Um, so there's obviously me, Chug, and Caleb. Should I leave then? No. <laughs> <laughs> there's three Caleb's now. Are we? Are we all spell? Do we all spell it the same way? C, like C A L E B. Yeah. Yep. So it's the same mm -hmm. spelling too. Yep. Wow. Um, and I want to say, it's funny because I was I was just about to bring that up. How you? How Mikhail? Or sorry, Mikhail, I'm trying yeah, to pronounce Mikhail, right. Yeah. Mikhail. That is crazy that you did a video a day. Is that right? For 15 days? Is that? Four four videos a day. Yeah. Four, four videos. videos. One, one live, what? One live stream. One prediction. 
like two one, separate an, videos. An announcement, yeah. announcement video. And yeah. yeah, there was something else. Like, yeah. What was, yeah, I can't even remember anymore. Well, yeah, a lot of videos, yeah. But I knew it's only for a limited time. So yeah. That's they, how I could do it. They were, sh they were short yeah. and like, yeah, their lifespan was like yeah. a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I missed the 24th, that is the Christmas day for us. Ah. Uh, mm. That really helped grow your channel too. Didn't it? I've yes, yes. That, that's why we actually did it because we got like uh, nine, seven hundred percent plus during the Christmas. Wow! wow. Nine thousand, yeah. nine thousand yeah. new subscribers yeah. in a two-week period. Wow. That's awesome! That's crazy. That's, I was talking to them about this when you first told me that, Caleb, and I was saying, I think maybe planning something like a frenzy week or like I don't know, like a video frenzy where we just upload like every day or something. Would, would kind of be fun to experiment. I don't know how mm. well it will do with our videos because, you know, the way we rank and everything is, like, different than most. But um, I think that would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the thing is, and I think we, we talked about this a little bit before, Caleb, uh, that um, it's, yeah, it had nothing to do with us publishing more videos. I know YouTube is always like, publish more regularly and publish more videos. I think that can really backfire. The only th reason that it worked for us and the only reason we did it this time is because there was this external hype that like mm. millions of people probably, I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating, heard about this promotion and Epic Games put in all the money to, to market it, to give away these free games, mm -hmm. to get everyone excited. And yeah. we basically just, you know, harvested that yeah. because mm. we, because of Google search results and everything most searches about epic free games kind of end up at our doorstep sooner or later. So when there was this huge event, we benefited from it, but we could not have manufactured that like ourselves. So that's also a problem is that this worked well for us, but if Epic Games tomorrow decides they're going to stop giving away free games, like it will take us a very long time to find a new thing yeah. that we're known for. So we're we're kind of putting ourselves in the corner. It's working for now, but it could easily yeah. backfire. Yeah. Have you thought about moving from Epic to other platforms, like kind of like what we do, like Steam or Ubisoft or whatever you were thinking about doing? Yeah, we definitely did. And that's why we're trying to introduce a new series outside of Epic to cover like uh, new games. We're trying these reviews like once a month to do something. It doesn't pick up uh, as much as Epic. So that's why we're like still uh, keeping everything to Epic. And, but one day they're going to end and mm -hmm. we're going to have to move somewhere. Mm -hmm. So of course we're discussing the other other ways. Yeah, mm. But we're, we're really kind of... Uh, it is a, a problem. We're kind of stuck now. Whenever we do try other things, like we've tried lists, like what, what you guys do. We've tried gameplay. We've tried like expanding to other platforms. But most of the people who have subscribed to us, it's because they want to know about the free games on Epic. We actually, we just got a the, our most recent comment because we tried a, a review of a game that wasn't free. And he says, <laughs> I subscribe for free games. But this is the second not free game. I'm happy you guys are getting review copies, but this doesn't serve the purpose why I subscribed. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, that's just kind of a jerky comment, yeah. except that there's unfortunately some truth behind it also. So YouTube is really tricky. You can find something that's successful, but then it yeah. can kind of undermine you in the long term. <laughs> like, I, I, I really like, I think you guys are on a good path that maybe the growth is a little bit like, a little bit slower and more gradual, but so much of your content is evergreen and people are like mm -hmm. finding it over the long term 
that I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I wish we could find a way to transition yeah. a little bit into that, but we're still working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have sort of a similar problem where we'll do streams a couple times a week and people will jump on the stream and ask if the game is free or not. <laughs> Every time. Multiple uh, times per stream. Most of the games, okay. yeah, most of the games we stream aren't free. So yeah. we should do more free game streams. Well, but we have but, started out as a guide channel, technically. Yes, that's well, true. No, we were before wow, the guide yeah. channel. Uh, we we have these videos unlisted, I think. But mm. before we were a guide channel, we would do gameplay videos, like where we would do highlights of we we'd all get together in a chat, play a game, and we get we throw up highlights on the channel. So that's where we first started. Mm. We didn't see much growth in it, so no. we moved to. Uh, Guides. The guides. guides and gameplay tips. And That's a little bit of keyboard lore for you. <laughs> yeah. You um, won't find those videos because they're I mean, unlisted, but... Do I do do I remember correctly that, like, most of your most viewed videos are, like, lists of mm. best free games yeah. in certain genres, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's funny... That's, it. That's, the, that's what people want, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny, I mean... Some people, yeah. Mikhail, I know you said that, you know, when, when Epic stops, which... We'll get into that when we start discussing free games in the future of it, but yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to be the case. Maybe not. Maybe Epic will stop, but I think you know we'll get into that later. But it's funny that you say that you feel like you're trapped in a certain genre because we feel like that a lot too. And hmm. you know we do a lot. We do, well we do a few paid lists like best games under twenty dollars or whatever, and those do really well. Mm-hmm. So hmm. like we we can get into that and. We want to get into that more, um, but we just haven't yet. But I think um, I don't think it's like a lost hope. I don't think you're necessarily cornered into this genre because um, as long as you branch out with having some familiar aspects of what you already do, I think you should be able to slowly kind of crawl your way into more aspects. But that could be like your main, your main quote unquote moneymaker or whatever. That'll be your drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like what we're doing. Yeah. We're ex- experimenting with other yeah. stuff. I, I think, Caleb, you are absolutely correct. And I'm going to share something with you because I think the people who are like doing comments and everything, they're usually like uh, basically kids who want the free games and they are mostly hurt. But as you, we also find out that a lot of people want us to talk about paid games as well but they don't comment like all the time. So we don't hear them as well, but they are there in our channel. Yeah. It's just a minority, but there's, there's still a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When people usually mm-hmm. have a need to comment, it's usually because of something negative. It's you never, there's yeah, more negative yeah. comments than positive. So I can right. see how looking in the yeah. comment section, which yeah. I didn't look in the comment section of our last video, because I'm scared to look in the comment section. I know, but we got. <laughs> I just don't like doing it. I know, but, but people need to hear from you too. I know, <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, yeah that's that's something you guys talked about in your last episode, right? Is uh, like the reviews on Steam and how hard it is to evaluate like how how accurate they are because generally people are more likely to comment if they have something negative to say. Mm. So even if yeah, if something is overwhelmingly positive, it's like oh my god, how how is this possible in the like the world that we know? Uh, <laughs> uh, but if something is mixed, it could still be great. Like I've I've watched like TV shows or played games that. Do, are not success critically successful, and I'm like, hey, like, what's the problem? This is great. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. People. It's hard to know what people want. Exactly. Well, I think, I think uh, people that are disappointed or they want to leave something negative, 
that's a stronger emotion and so it brings them to action sooner than people that are happy with the game because i rarely ever leave reviews but if i don't like something i'm gonna leave a review and i'm gonna let them know about it for me if yeah. if it's something that i i generally had a lot of fun with i'll leave a review like PUBG, i left a review for PUBG. yeah because we had we got we got hundreds of hours out of it yeah and now it's free which we'll talk about later but um if, what is it like i'm trying to think of something else like well, um PUBG was mixed y- it was mixed yes but like let's say something that's not paid like or that is paid like battlefield 5 yeah like i think i left a review on steam for that one that was mixed for a while because you probably mm-hmm. saw all the controversy around it but uh mm-hmm. i don't know it's yeah. it's it's weird sometimes i'll leave a good review <laughs> Coming back to, to negative comments on our YouTube channels, uh, like maybe the last, last question before getting to the main topic, but have, have you guys ever found that you're, that you're really like shaped or affect, not affected, but that you make changes or make choices based on the comments that you get in, on, on the YouTube videos, either positive or negative? Not usually comments in particular, mainly the reception overall in terms of likes and views and People will just tell us, like in the Discord too, that they really like certain content. But we don't really pivot based on the comments. Because a lot of people will say, oh, this is a great video. Or other people will say, oh, I hate this video. It doesn't really affect the type yeah. of content we put out. Mm-hmm. I think the only, the only time we ever make, we have like a reception towards like either a negative or positive comment is if someone says, Rat, like, oh, I love this video. Do more like this or it would be mm. interesting to see this and then that's when we take that and kind of make a video out of it constructive feedback yeah mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah um and i and i gotta say that um you know and we have our we have our like we have all our show notes here but i think we're pretty comfortable like with this dynamic like at least you know there's obviously the the technology that's kind of like a little wacky because we had some issues beforehand but mm-hmm. um at first, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. There's five of us, and I don't know how the dynamic's going to go. But I think we're doing pretty well. So um, I think that's nice to see, and I think this is going to be a pretty a pretty good conversation overall. Yes. Um, but... Well, thank, thank, officially, thank you for, for the invitation. <laughs> yes. During the introduction, didn't get to thank you for inviting us to be on your podcast and to be your first guest. Like, that's, that's yeah. quite an honor. So yes. we're really, really pleased to be with you and looking forward to, to the topic. And this is actually our first experience, too, because we've never been on the podcast. Oh. Mm. Yeah. You guys should... Uh, hey, maybe this could be kind of like a little... Intro into it. Yeah, a little intro into maybe maybe your subscribers would kind of like seeing you guys in this longer format. And I mean... We love it. It's, it's yeah. We we just hit uh, our fiftieth episode last podcast. Yeah. The the battlefield one mm-hmm. we just did. Um, but that was our fiftieth episode. It was it was a fun episode to do. So oh yeah, nice nice. For a while we were doing bi month or bi weekly. Mm-hmm. So every two weeks. But now this year we transitioned to weekly podcast. It's actually worked out fairly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if you guys have seen this. Um, and audio listeners too. Um, last episode we did the a weird candies challenge where Chug <laughs> bought like the weirdest candies. I, it was like online. twelve or thirteen different types of candies, and we didn't know what they were. I mean, I knew a few, but I was not ready for how gross some of these. One was pizza. Yeah, it was. It, it literally. Oh, it, it was so gross. It tasted like what a dirty restaurant's floor smells <laughs> yeah. like. 
Literally. Ooh. It was it was nasty. And then the um <laughs> what was it? Durian Durian candy. Durian candy, which was the dirt no. from the dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. I don't know. You guys and, and probably you tried saw it that. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could go back and I mean, if you okay, it's it's at the very end. So so everybody could hear how disgusted you are. <laughs> and and yes. see Durian candy. Yeah, one of them was the dill pickle. It was literally oh, a, yeah. a little, <laughs> yeah, a little candy <laughs> coated in like dill pickle, and then the inside was filled with this green liquid that coated your mouth. It was all salty and <laughs> I, I don't even. It was really nasty. I almost we almost puked I think, but oh wow the toast Satan. I'm actually tempted oh, to try. Yeah. <laughs> oh you did the dill pickle candy. You said you tried it. You want to yeah. try? Oh you yeah. want to no, try? No, I would like to try. Oh, you would like I, to try. I like to try new things. Uh, I'm, I'm quite picky as well, but I like to experiment. And sometimes mm-hmm. I like weird things and uh, I don't like normal things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've been having spicy stuff. You never know until too. you try it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we did some spicy stuff last week. Um, the toe of Satan candy. It's like nine million Scoville units. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was insane. It, we I okay. So I only bought one of them, and it was it was a lollipop about maybe that big, and I broke it up into like a ton of pieces because we weren't gonna just eat the whole thing. So that would be ridiculous. But right. we all took a small piece. It was it was ridiculous. It was worse than the uh, the wing challenge we did on another podcast. Mm. Ugh, that was, it was so it was can, bad. You can literally see me. So I'm over here dying, and then I think I like laughed or I coughed or something, and you can literally see this snot like come out of my nose because of how hot it was. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing Michal I, I, wouldn't, I would wouldn't not, do that. I would not <laughs> survive. Yeah, Caleb likes hot. No, and I hate. If he oh, sometimes okay. tells me the food is not hot and I try it and find out it's actually uh, hot. So he's got he's got his limit really high and I, I don't got think it really I don't low. think I do. Like yeah. gin- ginger is too spicy for you. Ginger is spicy. <laughs> ginger not. Well, ginger not. well it, it depends on what ginger you get, but yeah. I mean the hot spice. It's, it's, I, I eat ginger as it is. I've I've like taste I've tasted food specifically thinking of yeah. you and thinking there is no like we tr- we traveled in yeah. several countries yeah. together like in yeah. Thailand I've yeah. tested food for you and said no there is nothing spicy in there and, and takes, I couldn't he, eat it and he takes a bite and just yeah. immediately turns red it's, it's quite it's quite incredible so your challenge I would probably not survive it would be <laughs> my oh, first okay. and last it would kill him yeah <laughs> absolutely it was yeah. a lot of fun though it was it was it was different sounds like it. Mm-hmm. No, something with podcasts that a lot of people don't realize is that there barely is feedback. Like, we try to get people to give feedback on our podcast or even interact with us, but they really don't because they're more passive listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we've been doing YouTube podcasts lately because yeah. we're hoping that we get more subs from that and people will actually comment and give us feedback and all that stuff. And, and the weird thing is we have a pretty a, we have a pretty large audience on audio listeners, but... They never say anything. Yeah, like they don't maybe twenty or thirty views uh-huh. on all the video podcasts. Yeah, on the our video channel. we're still building out, but, but the audio, yeah, we have a ton, but people just don't like we've we've told them, you know, hey, come into the Discord and we'll chat and stuff, but I mean but i I do the same thing. I don't really listen to podcasts all that much. But I used to and I didn't I never interacted. So I could see that. It's true. I mean, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts, and even when they say, hey, send us an email, like, I never do it. But usually it's, like, big mainstream podcasts. I don't think that there's going to be any impact there. But, hey, everyone, uh. so everyone listening to this, like, <laughs> Cobalt Gaming wants to hear from you. 
And now they're going to tell you like how to contact them, like get in their discord and follow us on Twitter or YouTube or whatever. And, and tell us what you think of this podcast. Cause we want to know, like, hey, should, should yeah. you play it? Should we, should we do more podcasts? That's the, <laughs> should we post podcast? Should you podcast? You should, yeah. Podcast. Tell us. You guys really should. You guys really should. <laughs> you should. You should. I think I th we have a lot of fun with it. So yeah. if anything, it's something yeah. more yeah. or it's something else to do. That's enjoyable. Yes. Actually, actually, we do something similar. Maybe you're not aware of it because it's for our members only. Mm. And like once or once a month or once a two months, we get it on Discord with members only level two, which is like usually like five people only. Mm -hmm. But we do an hour just with them. We don't record it or anything. We just get to touch with our members and talk to talk to them. And they're fine if they don't want to talk but we have like th at least three or four people who are happy to talk that and really easy going hmm. ah, you could turn that into something i mean maybe yeah. yeah you could turn that into like a podcast format you know you don't want to take away from talking to those people but that could be an addition yeah. to it if they're okay with it at least i mean I don't know how that would work out. Yeah, we we thought of thought of checking with them. Yeah. It's true. We have interesting yeah. conversations. Yeah. They're all they're all like pretty hardcore gamers and they're from the ones who usually attend are like from California, Argentina, um India? Sus India. Yeah. Saswata is mm -hmm. from India, yeah. right? And one other and from the UK. So it's and we're here in in the Czech Republic. So it's like mm. usually a very international call of people from different time zones and from different cultures and languages, and we all just talk about video games. So it's yeah, huh. that could That's be actually really right. cool. Mm. <clears throat> Which actually, um, I'm curious because um, you guys make a lot of videos on a wide variety of topics, and we do that too. But we always have our games that we play. Like I know me and Jay, we were playing Battlefield Five for a couple nights, right? Yeah, and we were having a lot of fun with it, and we kind of gravitate gravitate towards like games every other week or whatever. Um, what type of games do you guys like to play, or do you often, or do you often play anything like that, N like not for reviews or for fun? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we are actually more of a solo players. We sometimes try some of the like online multiplayer games, but we don't stick to it as mm -hmm. much. We like more like we we just like to play our games more alone or or couch call. So nah. we like really mm -hmm. these story-based games. And we actually played games outside of what we review because when we review Epic Game Store games, mm. we don't choose it. They choose it for us. So mm. we like to play our games. So we actually do play our games. And we're actually now this year newly trying to use that, the games that we spend 60 hours on that we are really passionate about rather than the game from Epic that we spend in like five hours on. Mm. We're trying to use it now. So we're thinking of new concept of videos, but we know that uh, there's too many reviews. And since the games we play are older, we're trying of like a new type of mm. videos now. You know, I was I was hesitant about that, though. <laughs> Mikhail suggested that, you know, we're playing like some games just for our yeah. own during our free time that we should find a way to use that for the channel. And I was hesitant thinking, well, like I would like some part of this like enjoyment of video games to just be enjoying video games. Mm -hmm. You know, they they say don't don't make your passion your job because then your your passion will become work. Mm. Do you guys find that also? Do you do you feel the temptation that everything you play should produce content for the channel, but you like want to keep something kind of private for yourself in the <laughs> video game milieu? 
that happens sometimes, but I find that when we're trying out all these games for our <clears throat> lists, sometimes I'll just play a game that I find for a couple hours because I find it really fun. So sometimes it can feel like work if it's a game that's like not my genre, but it is an actual good game. But most of the time we have a lot of fun making the videos. Yeah, I actually, I actually relate with what you said a lot because I kind of feel the same way. There's some games that I want to keep to myself. And Warzone. Not, well, that sounds selfish because I, technically I could, make, <laughs> I could make content on it and I could make a video out of it, out of it but I kind of want it. Like, yeah. sometimes when we stream games, some single-player games I don't really like to stream because I feel mm -hmm. like it takes away from me being alone and enjoying the experience. You know yeah, like God uh, of War. Yeah, the other yeah. day, or no, a couple weeks ago, um, God of War... The, the 2018 PlayStation one uh, went to PC and I ended up getting it. I had, I had it pre-ordered for like months, but um, I played it on stream, like the beginning of it. And people in the, the uh, what is it? The comments were like, were saying in the chat, were saying like, uh, oh, you should turn this into a, like a playthrough. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. uh, maybe, but I, I feel like these types of games are meant to be for... I mean, unless you're like one of those big YouTubers, like 10 million subscribers, I, I doubt they don't even play games by themselves, um, like separate. But for for us, there's always that the the single player games that we want to keep to ourselves or even the multiplayer games. Like I know you play Warzone a lot. Yeah, um, it's mainly that way with story games, though. Yes, yes. Story games in particular. Like there are other games that I really enjoy, like uh, Terraria and Noita, which I've made videos on. And I really like making those videos. But when it's story, I like to sit down and actually kind of enjoy it myself, like a movie almost. Yeah, yeah. And, and some... yeah, I, I think. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, I think it's uh, when. Uh, well, we know it between us because once you made a video, and, and while playing a game, it's a bit different because somebody who listened to us now maybe never made a video while playing, and it's a bit different because yeah. when you're doing a. When you're playing a game to make a video, your mind is a little bit different. You don't want to stop anywhere. You want to make it more engaging. So you want to do always something or say something. Mm -hmm. But when you play your game solo, only on your own, it's your choice how to do it. You don't have to do it entertaining. You do it entertaining for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. a lot different. Yeah. I, th I think that's, that's it for me. And, and what you said, it makes a lot of sense that it's about the story games and the single player games. I mean, those, the enjoyment of those games is in like escapism and immersion. And if I'm constantly thinking about the person who's watching me do this, that just immediately and constantly yeah. breaks immersion because I'm just thinking about this invisible person, you know, mm -hmm. or invisible hundreds of people standing <laughs> behind me watching every every move that I make. And I can't just, you know, enjoy playing like that. I know maybe the big YouTubers are used to it and they can and it's part of the experience. But yeah, I think yeah. it's in any in any hobby or any passion, I think it's important to keep something like to your to yourself and not yeah. try to Put everything into it so i don't like, think it's selfish yeah, like yeah. i mm -hmm. i think uh, calling it selfish is actually correct and i think it's good way <laughs> a to good be selfish, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> that is true but yeah, you can also agree with that. What is it you can also get spoiled by the chatters too if oh, you're playing a story yeah. game they could just straight up say what is going to happen yeah. and I spoil it issue. for you it's I, not good one time the, literally the modders were 
where this one guy and he he's he's been in our channel for a long time. It was furious, <clears throat> um, and he's you know he's uh, he's active in our Discord and stuff. But I was playing a game. Uh, it was a uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine, and he kept coming in and trying to say what happens at the end. And so the modders Ooh. kept banning his account, and he would come back with another <laughs> account. I think he came back with ten in total. Or it, Alt it was accounts. Close. Wow. Alt accounts, and he kept trying to spoil it. And I was like, "You're ruining the experience for me, and you're ruining experience for the people um, watching." Watching, but you know, some games like that one. And I recently pay- played Poppy Playtime, which is like a 30-minute game, single-player game on stream. But I actually enjoyed playing that on stream more than I feel like I would have alone. So there are some games that I actually feel are really entertaining, kind of to have those people around you and react with. Um, but I agree with everything else is that some sometimes you want that selfish game where you can just kind of Im- immerse yourself yeah. alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think actually I do want to say, um, I know, Caleb, you mentioned this and thank you for that. Um, Rate the podcast. Uh, come into the Discord server. T- you know, talk about the podcast. Talk about the games that you like to play. Suggestions of what we should do topics on because we are doing more topics now. And sometimes, you know, we are stretching to find a good topic to talk about on the podcast. Um, follow. Should you play it on 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 or subscribe to Should you play it on um, YouTube. YouTube? And I think we should be able to go into our first topic point, which this is something that I personally. Hmm think about uh, quite a bit and it's something that I interact with a lot which is Battle Royale games because I am an avid Warzone player. I'm very competitive. (laughs) Super competitive in that game Um, and that's a Battle Royale and it's obviously free but something that kind of surprised a lot of people is that when when PUBG was kind of the main Battle Royale out there there was Fortnite that came in and kind of overtook that, that, that spotlight and it was making millions and millions of dollars. And then, you know, there's obviously billions. Apex. Yeah, yeah. billions. Yeah. And then there's Warzone, which I think Warzone makes like four to five million dollars a day or something. <laughs> something crazy like that. So you see something, these... Bat- something like we do on our channel. Like, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> almost. Like, almost. Yeah. Like, like on our YouTube <laughs> yeah. channels, right? Like, yeah. Maybe both channels together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's kind of weird because this happened in the last... Five, four years, maybe? 2017 is when the big Battle Royale bump. And so I think that has changed gaming for really forever. Um, Because uh, so there's so many people playing these free Battle Royale games and they're earning a lot of money, more than solo developed single player games that people put hours and hours, you know, not hours, years and years of work into. So I kind of want to discuss that and like, what are your guys' thoughts on Battle Royales and how they've changed with? All this earning and, and stuff like that yeah well well first thing we should actually say that uh, as you talked about fortnite being so big thanks to being so big it actually made our channel possible yeah. because since fortnite made so much money the epic game store as a company was able to uh, and is able mm. to giving us free games and Without it, without Fortnite, our channel wouldn't be about Epic Games. Actually, it's wow. it's ironic that we don't yeah. we don't play Fortnite no. at all. I we think, don't like it. I think we, <laughs> we don't like it either. Like no. yeah. Yeah. We don't like yeah. it either. No, I can't, okay. I, I cannot get it. I mean, to be honest, I I can't get in. I've tried yeah. all of the big battle royale games. I can't get into it. I think mostly it's because, um, yeah, I come in years later when people are 
actually good and I suck and there's no <laughs> chance to to like actually get good as they say what is it? You got um, to, you, or you, I don't have I don't have the patience for it but yeah I mean that my first reaction is exactly what what Mikhail said is my my first reaction to Fortnite is yeah it made billions of dollars for this tiny little games company um, that then was able to try to compete with Steam is has been giving away hundreds of free like single player games for people to keep and spending tens yeah. hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars just to get people yeah. onto its store and it's they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars every year on the Epic Games Store. We know this. Like, it's, it's all in, in public, public documents. Um, and it's all because Fortnite just prints money. So that's, I mean, I know that's not the kind of effect on, like, the gaming, like, community that you're talking about. Yeah. But the knock-on effects of that amount of money coming into a very small number of games creates these ripple effects in the industry that just shake up everything this could like uh, cement the epic game store as you know the primary competitor to steam which then pushes steam to change its policies which creates you know new consolidation in the gaming industry uh yeah i i think you're right that there are massive changes in coming in the gaming industry and this huge focus and interest on these multiplayer experiences is something mm -hmm. really new that yeah it's never going to be the same what is it like uh the f like i'm trying to think there was you know apex legends you probably heard of apex legends yeah um that was big battle royale for me because i was a huge fan of titanfall and i actually download pre-downloaded that game it was uh 2018 i think for apex for 2018 or 2019, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I went in to Apex. I got really good at it in the first, like, month or two. Um, I stopped playing for, like, let's say two years. I went to revisit it, and I couldn't keep up with anything. Because, like, what you said oh. before is people get way too good at the game. You got you to gotta hit the game when it first comes out to actually enjoy it. Unlike, un unless you're competitive. With it. Yeah. And stick with yes. it and never, and never leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's not accidental. I think that's a really important, important thing is that these companies are trying to create the game that players will never be able to leave. Whether they want to or not, they feel like if they leave for a month, you know, these games should keep evolving. That's why Fortnite is so successful. It doesn't stay the same. But then it means if you stop playing for three months and try to come back, you know that you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And that's not by accident. They want to hook people into it so that they can't ever leave and go to something else. And I wonder what you think about that. I, and also, like, now that those are so successful, it's creating something that I call the, the Game of Thrones effect. That one thing, one thing is successful, and then everyone else wants to reproduce that success by uh, making, like, crappy clones yeah. of it. And that's annoying. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you guys have examples of that. Well, it's interesting stuff. actually on the Fortnite it? that uh, it keeps changing and a lot of people say, I hate the changes, but if they wouldn't make any changes, it would probably die a lot sooner. So mm. even though they make changes and people don't like it, they cannot do anything else because it would die without changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, you said about something about crappy clones of games, but uh, what if it's like the opposite? So, recently there's a game that came out called Super oh, People, yeah. and it's basically a copy of PUBG. Yeah. And 
in a lot of ways, it's better than PUBG. I like it. Okay. So it's weird. Okay. I have over 400 hours in PUBG. And that was from, obviously, in 2017. We played that we played game it religiously. And that was our first Battle Royale experience. And, you know, I took a break from Battle Royales for about two years or so. Because until I got into Warzone. Um, because never, nothing ever gave me that feeling like PUBG did. and get, Didn't give me that adrenaline rush, rush like PUBG did. And it's, it's funny that you bring that up because... You know, Chug says Super People came out, and that's basically a clone of PUBG. It's got the same movement, it's got the same gunplay, but they evolved it and added where you can have powers and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like Super People better than PUBG because it's more evolved than PUBG, <clears throat> and it kind of revitalized that feeling in me. Yeah, PUBG actually tried to go the Fortnite model with oh. their game, which is the opposite of what their player base wanted. Yeah. And that, in turn brought down their player base by a lot and they just dispersed into other titles like Warzone and maybe even Super People now. I don't know how big that is. It's decently big. It's lost a lot of steam, I think mostly because there's a lot of other games like Lost Ark coming out. and mm-hmm. The, the mm. streaming, I don't know. I mean, the streaming space is so competitive. I don't know how it is with actual numbers on Steam. Um, but it's, you know, Jay, when you said that they went the Fortnite route. A lot of what we didn't like—I don't know how you guys feel about this—but what we don't, we didn't like about the Fortnite is it was very like um, mobile game. It was very mobile game. It was very kiddish. It was very uh, like immature almost. And and we were into PUBG, which was a little more realistic, more mature. But then PUBG started adding adding these like dances in, and they try to make it like kid friendly. And it was just one of those uncanny things where you see like this really like military strategy game, and then they add all this like these elements from another game that just mm-hmm. doesn't mesh well. And that's that's part of why we left the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it sounds like we we have no uh, expertise in front of in front of you three to talk about uh, battle royale games or the, the free to play games. But like uh, because I mean, me personally, I, I bounce off of of battle royale games, honestly. But talking okay. about the impact of free games in the gaming industry, like our, our side of that coin is the, the free-to-keep games, which I think it's r- ironic that, like, the biggest free-to-play game ever, like Fortnite, actually <laughs> morphed into this campaign by the Epic Game Store to give away, you know, hundreds, at this point now, hundreds of games just to get people onto their game store. And, like, this is the other side of how free games, like, the ability to play games for no money... I think is really interesting because it, it cuts both ways, you know, and I'm really, I've, Caleb, you started by saying that you've thought a lot about this and I've, I've thought a lot about this problem, probably like much more than an adult man with a job and a family <laughs> should spend thinking about this kind of thing. But like how uh, there's so many good things and so many negative things about this new world where you can play incredible games and be like, overwhelmingly entertained constantly for zero money because the accessibility on one side and the possibility for people to play games that they never would have been able to before is fantastic and great on the other hand what is it doing for to indie developers what is it doing to the industry and we started by talking about how it seems like all of our youtube comments are just people who want everything for free now like there's a reason for that they that the younger generation has grown up expecting that they they should be able to get everything and get access to everything for free. Mm-hmm. So that's been something very interesting for us because 
Like now, whenever we try to even review a game that isn't free, the com- half the comments are, "So is it free? Is it free?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's yeah, it's great that we can get all this for free, but is it? What's the, what's the long term effect going to be on the gaming industry? It's it's a bit it's a bit worrying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this morning I was actually considering like back before this all started the way that Call of Duties would have a season pass where they, you get all the DLCs for a separate fee. But they've since stopped doing that, and now they try to do the battle pass methods um, and lots of other ways of making money besides paid DLC. But I actually personally like the paid DLC route, but if you think about it, it's actually better in the long run that it's not paid because some people don't want to pay for that DLC, yet they actually make more money from the battle pass than the DLCs, so they can still provide content for free to the people who already bought the game. Yeah. And and um it's kind of weird now that I'm now that we're kind of discussing how like Fortnite has affected you guys directly, which is kind of interesting because I never thought of that. But mm. also how you say when people come to our comments cuz I think it's a similar probably similar situation that you know you guys have. You have a lot of younger uh, age group people coming in because you know free, you know they don't have money. Yeah. Um but uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so it's different because I think the way we grew up and uh, is is that we would ask our parents for money to buy a game or yeah. we would get our allowance money or something and buy. Like, I remember we used to play Club Penguin and we would get all our allowance money and get those little Club Penguin cards or whatever or, or Robux from Roblox. And yeah. so it's so different now to where the younger generation, like you said expects free games and they expect free content like with Call of Duty and 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 Fortnite gives free season passes and I actually do kind of miss the old days where you would scrounge up money and buy the DLC pack if you mm-hmm. wanted those maps and although it did split the player base quite a bit mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people wouldn't have those DLC it, it really but just didn't you make felt any sense. special when you had that yeah. extra yeah. stuff yeah it was it was it was rewarding and yeah. I remember that, like, bl- back in Black Ops 2 and 3, when I would buy the packs to get the zombie maps and stuff like that. But now, everything's free, and I think that's probably better to keep the community of a game more cohesive. Um, but, you know, thinking about it now, everything is just so different. Everything is just so changed mm-hmm. now. And, you know, like you said, the indie games, like, what is this doing to indie game developers? They can't, they can't make a free game. They don't have the, the, the funds for that. You know, actually, I I have to apologize. This will be the first time I might uh, slightly disagree with you because I think it's the same. And I saw it as one generation younger than me that uh, a kid who plays Fortnite and all his buddies played Fortnite as well. He's saving his money to buy this costume or open this chest in the Fortnite like we used to collect these cards game or buy games so he's actually spending money on that and he's asking his parents to buy it and without it he's just playing the games uh, like anybody else but when he's got it he's got really something Uh, so i think it only turns into something else Hmm. it's evolved i I can see that that makes sense yeah Yeah, and it's like it's like what jay said when you have that dlc like back when we used to Hmm. play games we had that dlc so we felt special now it's now, a skin. Yeah, now it's a skin where they yeah. feel special. And 
you know, yeah. it's evolved, I guess. And if it's yeah, evolved, if someone else doesn't have this game, yeah, you can envy the one that yeah. he's got it. So. And <laughs> it's almost kind of like, you know, that you point that out, and I agree, it has evolved, but it's almost a little worrying because the weight of which we oh, value yeah. things is just so different. Because now it's a cosmetic when it used to be maps, DLC guns, content, DL- content, Straight and now content. it's a skin. So I think their gauging of yeah. what is like valuable. I mean, in retrospect, I guess it's all video games. It's all, you know, it's not like. I mean, but it, that's a little bit. That's maybe a little bit fault of the game because Fortnite doesn't allow you to buy land or anything else in the yeah. game, just skin. So mm. maybe that's not exactly the fault of the players. Yeah. I mean, it's some, it make it does. It might be kind of the the best of both worlds is that it is as accessible as possible and so people who have no money i mean we have we have a lot of viewers from low-income countries on mm. our channel our, our biggest um viewer base is in india uh and we know that a lot of our viewers because whenever we review a game you know even is like two dollars they'll say well I, I can't i can't get that like mm. all i can do is download the free games or play free to play games and so Free-to-play games or free-to-claim games uh, are 100% accessible to everyone who has the equipment to, to, to play them, regardless of whether they have the funds. But then anyone who, is, who has available, like, dis- exposable funds to spend more on, of course, the company is happy to take it. So I think you're right that it comes out the same. Now, we could also ask if it's beneficial that games are, are motivating children to save their money to spend on a video game <laughs> or a skin but that's probably the, a topic for another time yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think we used to do that too though yeah every every i think it's kind of like Absolutely. a learning process every kid kind of just spends on whatever looks best to them you, yeah. you buy robux so you can yeah. buy roblox gear or <laughs> yeah. club penguin memberships to buy little costumes or igloo stuff or yeah. you had that what was the club penguin membership where you'd have like you, you can get, have a get more pets yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, and you know, you guys said or you Caleb, you said that um, the low income, you know, you have a lot of viewers from low income countries, and you know, we get our fair share of that too because obviously free games. But um, I'm kind of looking at it from a two a two like a two sided coin now, where I'm seeing we come from a place, and I'm sure. I'm not sure, but I, I'd expect you guys come from a place too where even though we may have had to save our money, we were able to get games that we wanted to play and these people from other countries aren't. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure it's yeah. necessarily a bad thing that more games are becoming free because it's being more yeah. accessible to people that previously that would have couldn't. never even imagined been, been able to play that. Yeah. You know, it's even it's even more than not having money. I mean, the, the funny thing is we get a lot of comments from people, especially everyone wanting GTA 5 to be free or us to give them again. GTA 5 again, again yeah. because it was free from the Epic Game Store in 2020. And ever since then, like that has been the most popular topic is when will GTA 5 be free again? And we tell them like, look, it's $3. If you have a computer that can play GTA 5, you can buy GTA 5. And especially like Indian viewers and in some countries in Africa, they tell us that the only way to buy a game 
would be to have a credit card or a PayPal account and in their countries they they don't have access to that. So even like some adults with with jobs like struggle to use these payment systems. But if it's free and like on the Epic Game Store you just have to click claim yeah. or yeah, PUBG now is free everywhere you just click download then suddenly it's accessible. And I think that's something that from developed countries we don't really appreciate very much of how the walls of gaming just in the last two or three years are coming crashing down mm -hmm. and allowing tens of millions more people access to these games that we take for granted. And that that is probably the number one positive about this change for me. We'll talk about the negatives a little bit later, but that's something that I think not a lot of people talk about. And something that I don't think Epic Games thinks about because their motivation is just to get more Epic Games accounts. They just want to have enough activity to feel like they're a competitor to Steam. But the byproduct of that is that tens of millions of people in, in less developed countries are getting to have these experiences that, that we would just take for granted being able to slap down $3 and do it. So that's, mm. that's an incredible thing that I hope continues. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Some companies are still stuck in the past with this though, like EA in particular, where they try to squeeze every last cent that they can from the gamers. And th that's partially why people are turning on them now and just completely boycotting their games or just even review bombing in, in like Battlefield 2142's case. Is it 2042? 2042, yeah. Yeah, that got massively review bombed. Um, and a lot of these companies are actually taking notice now that that's not going to be tolerated where you just try to take every dollar that these people have. Because like you said, low-income countries, they can't afford stuff like that. So of course they're just going to go to the free games. And if they do end up buying one of the new EA games, they're not going to be able to pay for all the extra stuff that comes along with it. Loot boxes and all that stuff. I think you're totally right. It needs to be really a choice, not a necessity to buy something in the game and not be like pay to win or even open a new maps. Everything should be like when it's free to play game, it should be free to play all the maps. And I know uh, that you meant some like uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 or NBA mm. 2K21 had a similar problem that in-game content was actually locked and yeah. So what do you guys think I mean, about... Can, um, can, oh yeah, sorry, you can, sorry, you can go, go you can go. No, no, Ch Chug, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to go into a new topic, but uh, you could finish what you're about to say. Okay. Well, I, I, just that, I mean, we, it, we, we know it, but it's worth saying that these companies have to make money. Like from the, the big AAA companies that put, you know, $200 million into making their game all the way down to the indies that need, you know, $100,000 to be able to finish their game. It, it, has to, it has to make money or they'll stop doing it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really a difficult thing of that balance between being profitable and having a sustainable business model, um, but not stepping over the line of appearing greedy, whatever, because that's a, that's a moving line also. It's, it's a tricky one. I think we can agree that EA has stepped over that line <laughs> on multiple occasions. Yeah. Um, but I'm slightly sympathetic that it's, it's a difficult line to cross. And the, the business executives are thinking, well, it's a business. It's, our, it's their job to make as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. That's their only but job. Caleb, actually, uh, EA 
I think, cross the border when they let you buy the game and then still let you pay in that game. So yeah, you that should, was just too much. You should yeah. choose. You Actually, should choose. Either, you either you buy yeah. the game or you yeah. buy the content. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the next topic that we're talking about actually has to do with that. Ah. So mm. basically, you know how there's a paid game and then maybe later on in the future, a company's not making enough money with that? Or it's just not as what is it? Sorry, said that weird successful successful as they want the game to be, so they make it go free to play, kind of like PUBG, Destiny, um, which I have a lot to say about Destiny too. Um, I don't want to get into that now because I don't want to go on a rant. But um, well, you know, Battlefield twenty forty two, they are talking about making some aspect of it free to play because. The game just didn't do well. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about paid games that are going free, even if the people paid for it and they don't get anything back from it? Kind of like what happened with Destiny 2. Mm. Yeah, I actually think there's a two options for the game developers. If like the paid game is slowly dying, they have basically two options. One you already mentioned to make it free to play to make a make it more interesting so more me people play it and perhaps buy something in the game but there's a second option that is connected to our channel epic game store can buy the game and they actually pay uh, for all the downloads no matter it doesn't matter how many people are going to claim it epic game store will give them enough money so they don't have to care about it mm -hmm. yeah this yeah I, I sorry to flip the topic a little bit again but yeah we're not we're not very experienced with the free free to play games so the um it's but it's, it's a similar thing of you know the the free to play model will only work if your game is multiplayer that's that's the only way it makes sense that's the only way you can really monetize it because it's very difficult to mo to monetize a single player game no one's buying cosmetics for a single player game Actually, with, a, yeah. with a very few exceptions but it's a completely different thing um but we're we're now seeing a lot of well not only epic epic kind of pioneered this that you know people don't just they don't just like steal the game from the developer and give it away to millions of people the developer you know takes a check from epic yeah. and a big check a, usually, yeah. often a big check what it was for civilization 6 it was yeah. something like 26 million dollars yeah. that they yeah. gave Wow. Um, so I wanted to say that developers have actually now have multiple choices mm -hmm. they can either turn to a free to play model or they can contact Epic Game Store or they contact them and they don't have to go free to play. It can be still paid because when they promote it, this way a lot of people will get it. And we actually proved that once uh, the f game is free on Epic Game Store, there's a lot more attention. Um, so more people buy it or more people buy the second one. There are so many, so many games that, I mean, there's, there's two different types of examples of, of what can happen then is that, um, well, like, the, the AAA games that go free, and we've had quite a few, um, but GTA V, again, is the big example. That was, that was published, what, in 2013? Yeah, yeah. And in 2020, it went free on the Epic Game Store for one week, and it broke the internet. And after, the week after it was free, like, in 2020, 
GTA 5 sold more copies that year than it had in any year since the year it was published. Wow. Mm. So the mm. act of going free actually like just completely built up the hype again yeah. for this game. And we see it on our, on our channel. Like now, since it was free once, that's all yeah. anyone wants. Like it's it's incredible. And many people on our channel, when there's a sale and it's available for five dollars, they say, okay, I finally broke down and bought it because everyone's talking about it again. So that can be the effect for AAA games. For for indie games that just did not have the marketing, didn't have the reception when it was first released and they've sold almost nothing, at least it gets you know millions of people downloading the game and being interested in trying it, which then can, if it's successful, can either build up hype to get people to buy it later or get people interested in the sequel or at least give a check that kind of an influx of cash that helps that developer finish their next game. So. There is still this moral question of, since these games are just free for a week, and now we're seeing a lot of games that are for sale on the Epic Game Store, then suddenly be free for a week to hmm. anyone who wants to claim them. And there is this moral question of, you know, people who paid for it one week before, and now everyone in the world is getting it for free. Is that fair to the customers? Uh, I, th I think for, in that sense, for everyone involved, there aren't too many other options except to just let the game die. And yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. But then the, the question is, are customers going to be more wary about spending money on games, even if they can afford it because they're just waiting for it to be free? Like, mm. what, do you guys think that there's more of a feeling of people aren't going to buy a game because they think that in the future it could be free? We haven't seen that on our channel, personally. I know you guys get it because that's what you do is you talk about games mm -hmm. like that But I've never actually seen an instance where someone waits for a big game to go free No, unless they they release some sort of trailer or a rumor or, or a rumor To yeah. let them know that it is well um, Yeah, we don't get that but we've all had experiences. I think all of us with you know that type of You know moral thing going on where you're kind of questioning whether that was a good decision or not like i know chug bought destiny 2 and i paid a lot of money i yeah. think um what was it i i paid 60 dollars for the base game i paid 30 dollars for the first season pass i paid like mm -hmm. another 30 dollars um for i think the forsaken dlc and i made it paid another 30 for another dlc so that was like that adds up that's 150 yeah. bucks and then the game goes free to play. When was that? Like a year later? A year, mm -hmm. a year or two later or something. And then it turned out uh, that they started deleting previous campaigns in the game, weirdly enough. That you had already paid for. That I paid for. Yeah. So I couldn't play the content I paid for. And then they went free Ooh. to play. And it was a huge mess. It was, it was a huge I think mess. that's like the worst case. That you, that's the worst way to go about it. Because you paid $150 or so on on a game and extra campaigns and then it goes free to play and now all of a sudden they they feel that they can just delete some of the older campaigns like i get it that the game size probably was getting really big mm -hmm. well but they, they deleted it so they can make room for more paid dlcs yeah so mm. I, mean, I don't know that's that's beyond the line of just being kind of overly greedy that sounds illegal to me yeah. that you <laughs> yeah. paid for something and then they're just like no no that's not yours anymore we're taking it back exactly like, that, that that's not that's clearly not okay. Yeah. And then there's other cases like PUBG. I mean, I paid 
we all paid thirty dollars for PUBG four years ago, twenty eighteen or so. Yeah, and yeah. I could care less that it went free now because we're not really big into it. I'm and not. We got a, what we a lot talked of about for a long time that PUBG would really benefit from from going free to play. We mm-hmm. wanted it to go to free to play, yeah, yeah. but I would not have been bothered for because it's been so long. And even if I was actively pl- paying, I'm playing it. It's kind of like that thirty dollars is long gone, and I don't really care about it. And it brings more players in, yeah. So it, it actually like livens the game up. But I think the real question is, you know, like there are certain cases, like with Destiny, where that's obviously morally wrong. I mean, we can all agree on that. And then there's cases with like PUBG where it's like that's okay because it's been so long since it's since it first came out, and it's kind of like the better move to go in that direction. But if these games go free to play, should they offer their existing paying base something in return for it going free? Like, is that what do you guys think about that? Because I think that would be a, a kind of like a good remedy, like especially for the Epic Games one where it's on sale and then it goes free the next week. But rather, why don't you give the people that paid for it kind of what they paid for in a way or refund the amount that they well, I guess that wouldn't really well, work. Well, reimburse them somehow through the game. Like in content? In content. Something like that. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think uh, definitely it should be more fair. I can see how they can easily do it. Like if I give an example, you are familiar with Hitman series. Mm. So there's a Hitman and there's the Gold Edition or some DLCs, new maps. If it goes to free-to-play model, and everybody who paid the standard version, they could get upgraded to open all the maps and free to play model would have just uh, the basic map. So they could easily do it. And maybe some smaller games, I I can't think of any game that did it well to actually went to free to play and give something really valuable to people who spend so much time in their game. But I'm pretty sure there's some games like that, but Probably smaller. Well, what do you Not so any big one, for? Right? You said the Hitman games, right? Um, I'm really yeah. big into the Hitman games. And what if what if somebody has bought everything that has to do with that? So like, what if somebody owns everything in the game, and then it goes totally free to play? What would that person get? <laughs> what What would you think that person would get? Well, that's easy. You would either get uh, possibility to get Hitman two or one or the future one for like 50% off or something. Mm. I mean, they could easily do it like that, but nobody does it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's I mean, no, of, one, yeah. no one even tries to do yeah. it, which, which makes me think that, I mean, especially the big businesses, they're, they must be looking at this in terms of how it could affect their bottom line. And they must have some reason to think that this situation is not preventing people from buying games uh, it's it's not making people more hesitant to to buy games in the fear that they will go free, and it I, it's actually it's a bit squishy because it's a question of time. Like you guys are talking about PUBG, you put you put the money into it, but you got your money's worth out of it before it went free. So you decided that you wanted to get in, you know, in the first year that it was that it was published. You you had the money available, you did it, you got your money's worth out of it, and since it's so many years later that it goes free. 
that that doesn't offend your your sensibilities at, maybe, at all. Maybe that's like you go to the cinema, you pay for the movie, mm. and in two years it's in the TV for free. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's fine. It's it's. I think it's very much a question of time and how much the player who who paid for it, how much they get out of it. I mean, we never see people complaining about. Like, oh, I, I bought that game three years ago and now it's free. Damn you, yeah. Epic Games. But but if it was, you know, one month before and they bought a big game and then suddenly it's free, yeah, um, yeah then then they're annoyed. So, th- But this is a really hard thing to account for because it, if it's just a question of how much time has passed since you paid for it and that determines your sense of unfairness, it's very difficult then to have a, a fair system to... Kind of assange that that sense of unfairness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's actually on Epic Game Store if you're going to buy something and then it's for free, mm-hmm. there's something called refund. Yeah. But it is very limited. It's mm-hmm. like you you should not pay it longer than two hours. And yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're buy- buying some game, you probably play it more than two hours. That's usually that's the same way on like, Steam too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and unlike what you guys were saying, I. We do see people, uh, especially like low-income players, who are saying, "Oh, I would really like to buy this. I've saved up, you know, enough money to buy this AAA game or something, but I think it's going to be free in the next big Epic giveaway. So I'm I'm going to wait and I'm not going to buy it now." Mm. And that that worries me because from what everything that we're talking about here, that's actually pretty logical. But what does that do? to the gaming economy and like the the business model when people are holding their cash just waiting for something and especially low income players who could inject some money into the 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 business um they can wait for years and at this rate like eventually it probably is going to be free so i wonder if in the long term this is kind of reducing the amount of money that's spent and on top of that um, you know, as, as I said at the, at the top, like Epic Games has now given away 231 free-to-keep games. Everything from GTA V to Anodine 2, <laughs> like the best and the worst. Um, and anyone who's been following like our channel for the last few years now has a couple of hundred games in their backlog that no one has time to... It yeah. is impossible to have played and completed all of those games, even though most of them are worth you know at least a few hours, if not dozens of hours. What does it do to people's willingness to spend money on new games when everyone suddenly has a backlog of at least 200 free games? Yeah. And I don't know how to study that or find an answer, but like... You know, and it's it's hard for us here to answer that question because we all have some disposable income. If we really want one specific game, we're ready to put down some money for it, even if we have 200 games that we haven't played. You know, yeah. that's that is the luxury of our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not that's not so common. So I wonder, do you when when you guys are going to buy a new game, do you ever have that voice in the back of your head thinking? Well, I do have a backlog of like 200 games. Should I really spend money on this, or do you just yeah. think, okay, this is this is new and cool, and I want it now, and you and you jump on it? It really depends on what it is. If it's a series that we all really love, like especially if it's a multiplayer game that multiple of us are planning on getting, then it will be a question. Like with the most recent Call of Duty, like mm-hmm. we were holding off, but then friends got it, and so we just kind of gave in and bought it. But if it's a single player game. I'm going to be a lot more likely to think, oh, I have these other single-player games I got to beat mm. first. 
So when it comes to multiplayer, I'm a lot less hesitant to buy it if I can have experience experiences with friends. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. Chug has like I'm a yes, I am an avid game collector. <laughs> You could say on a uh, digital game collector. How many Steam games do you have? I think I have like six hundred thirty something. Oh, yeah. Um, it's probably more than us <laughs> combined together. Yeah, I yeah. think I have about over two hundred. I have about two hundred. Yeah. 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 So I yeah I you win. <laughs> yes, I I and I shared my library with both of them, so yeah. they also have access to those games too. Um, so I'm not just using it for myself, like. Yeah. But you guys really don't play that many games as I do, though. But Yeah, I don't um, know if I get that problem, though. I don't really have, like what you were saying, um, the that you think in the back of your head that you have a backlog of these games. I mean, I obviously have a big backlog of games, but a lot of them I've beaten. But you also, you're the type, you like, when you want a game, you buy it. You pre-order it. I, Yes, yes. I... I I do like new games, but yeah. um, but you play them all the way through multiple times in some cases, depending on if I like wow. it or not. Yeah, for me it's different because I don't always play them through. Um, like for instance, like Red Dead Two, it's I've started that like I I started it. I have like fifteen hours in there or so, maybe ten, and I haven't beaten it. And I left it a long time ago, like a year ago or something. Yeah, and, and he it, always makes jokes about how terrible make, the game is, but it's I always not, make jokes but. because I never play it and I never finish it, but eventually <laughs> I'll finish it and we'll do a podcast on it. But for <laughs> for me, it's like if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to look and see what I have. And like it's either like the multiplayer thing with the Call of Duty, yeah, I'll, I'll get it because I'm going to play with friends. But if it's a single player game, either we're going to be doing a podcast on it or. I don't know. Maybe like Uncharted Four. I'm really looking forward to get, and I'm not gonna look at my log backlog to get Absolutely. that because I want to play that. Mm-hmm. So I think it just depends on like how much I want to play the game. Um, because if it's just a new single player game that looks interesting, most likely I'm gonna end up not buying it. Well, also most of the games like we all do the claiming free games in Epic. We we pretty much like go on Epic every once in a while and look at what they are. We claim them even though that we're not gonna touch them. Um, just to have them, just in case for future proofing. Um, But in the long run, most of the games that are free, um, we just have better alternatives to play. But obviously, you said there's the low-income places that don't have the money, and they don't have the backlog, so they can add those free games. And so I think there's two sides of the spectrum, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, all the games that you listed, I think this speaks to to the next topic of how this new business model in the gaming industry affects developers, but especially small indie developers. Um, because all the games that you listed that, you know, even if you have 600 games in your backlog, you're still going to be ready to spend on a big multiplayer game or a really unique single player game. And that again kind of funnels, starts to funnel all the money towards you know the the, the big producers, the blockbusters, mm. you know the 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 either the big battle royales or the huge AAA games from the studios that you know we can we can all name, and like I I see that with the Epic Game Store also is that it's what they give away is a lot of indie games. Which, on one side, it's great that they do have that avenue, like what Mikhail was talking about, is if their game was not so successful, Epic will cut them a check, you know, 
And we've seen some data, you know, it, depending on the game, it's between twenty-five dollars to $100,000 to $200,000 to give away their game to an unlimited number of people. And for an indie studio of, you know, two or three people or a student or something that, that had a game that didn't sell very well, that's like, that revolutionizes their possibilities of developing their next game. And that's great. But when everyone has these huge backlogs and now because of increased accessibility everyone can have a backlog of 200 games now if you if you're listening and you don't have a backlog of 200 games subscribe to our channel and in one year you will uh then then the problem is like yes everyone might still be spending or wanting to spend on the big triple a experiences but I feel like there will be less and less money available for these indie games because there's kind of an expectation that a game that you know lasts four or five hours should be free anyway because I have these 200 similar games that I got for free. Mm-hmm. And maybe the only avenue for indie developers going forward will be to develop a game and then hope that Game Pass or Epic or PS Plus wants to cut them a check, a one-time check to be able to. So that means that the indie games won't disappear but for them especially, it is a radically different business model. Well, we're seeing indie games blow up now, like specifically Among Us. I mean, that game was a really small yeah. studio, and I don't even know how many millions of players they got over time. Yeah. But they probably made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, was it yeah, was it free on definitely. Steam or was it free uh, only on mobile? No, it was Epic. Only, oh, it was on free Epic. on Epic. Epic? Well, on Epic, yeah. Mm. And, yeah. And, I th- yeah. and it's weird because it's almost like two ecosystems here because on Steam. Steam has a very um, avid community for indie games like Inscription and in and let's see what In Sound Mind In Sound Mind other games like that that are super indie people flock to those on Steam because Steam has a way of promoting them but yet there's a flip side where there's Epic and a lot of their games are just free out of the box or they're well, they free promote a lot of the AAA stuff usually yeah. and you know for Steam you know there may be an expiration date on that on how you know how long people are going to be flocking to these indie games because I don't I don't see any evidence of those ever going away on Steam at least mm. um, and then on Epic it's different and I think one issue that the Epic model kind of kind of creates is that the power isn't given to the people anymore right because now Epic can just give them a check and now that big corporation has the power over whether an indie game will do a certain thing or, or put it there on free. Well, not just the indie games. There's the, uh, you guys have probably seen this too, but uh, on Epic, there's the year Epic exclusives. Like um, the big AAA studios, like like Hitman 3. Hitman 3 was mm-hmm. a big Epic exclusive for a year, and it finally came out uh, last month, I think, on Steam. Um, but it actually did worse on Steam just because... Everybody transferred over all their stuff to Epic's side of everything, and the first two Hitmen were on Steam, and so it it made like this barrier between them, where uh, people weren't a huge fan of it going to Steam. So, what do you? I guess what like the year exclusive stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the exclusive stuff. I mean, I mean, I guess that could affect. The, the way I see it is that Steam has a has a way of it directly the people directly giving feedback whether with their money or with reviews on the developers, but if Epic be, you know continues to become bigger and bigger and kind of gets more properties, then 
the people have no say, right? Because it used to be that um, if the game is garbage, people aren't going to buy it. Or people are going to say, this game's garbage. There's no review system. Right, but now in Epic, if a game goes out and they gave it out for free, not only do they get a check, but they don't get any feedback because, like you said, there's a backlog. I don't have to play that game. I just have it in my library. The developers may not care because they got their check and they're already happy and making their next game. You know, it's it has it is monetizing, especially the smaller games in a completely different way because Epic Games is ready to to cut a check. I mean, they have billions of dollars floating around, literally, and they just want more people to sign up for accounts on the Epic Games Store and to have more activity on the Epic Games Store that will hopefully become customers. I mean, that's the goal, but that's not even necessary. They just want to show their investors that they can compete with Steam mm. by by numbers of monthly active users and all of that. So a lot of these indie games, you're right, are just kind of a content factory. Say, well, we give this out, millions of people come to claim it. We don't know how many of them actually play it, but it doesn't matter. If they come and make an Epic Games account or visit the store to claim this game, maybe no one actually plays it, but if two million people come to claim it and come to the Epic Games store, they're going to count that as a marketing success. So it turns these indie games into like just content fodder. Yeah. Basically, yeah. and I hope I, I mean, in most cases, I think that's not that's not the case. It gives them more exposure. It gives the indie game, the indie developer some cash to develop their next game with. So it's not as dark as 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 as, you know, the worst case scenario. But essentially, they don't they don't publish their numbers of how many people actually play the games that are claimed. Mm. That's true. Now, since you guys play every game that they release for free. How often do you come across one that's actually bad? Like actually broken or just doesn't work <laughs> properly? Um, about 50%. Really? Well, it's a good question. And since we have a, quite a different taste, it's very often that uh, happens that one of us says no, other one says I love it. So it really mm. depends. Not, not I love it, but I mean, our, our reviews are very yeah. black and white. We just, at the end of each review, we say, okay, do we think that this is worth your time? Yeah. Because you can get it for free, you should claim it, but there are so many free games. Is this worth your gaming time? And as Mikhail said, very, I think more often than not, we actually mm-hmm. are divided and we both explain mm-hmm. our perspective from, we're very different types of, of gamers, in fact. Um, and so we're not trying to say the truth. We're just trying to give two opinions of people who have played the mm-hmm. game. So bad is a very difficult thing to define. Um, definitely, I'm, I'm actually more negative. I think lately you're, well, yeah. <laughs> I think it's it the winter. It's the dark, <laughs> dark Central European winter yeah. that's getting to me. I mean, I'm from California and I'm living in Prague oh, now, wow. so the winters yeah. are long and or, dark. Or, yeah. or it's the fact that we're getting a lot of horror games this. and pixelated platformers on Epic. Yeah. And Caleb, I hate those. Oh. I'm not a fan, but I'm more likely to say yes to someone. Yeah. I, I think about 50% of the time I say know that, that I don't think this is worth your time. And part of that is because we have such a huge backlog and we've gotten dozens of AAA games that I'm also balancing against that and saying, well, yeah. look, guys, you should have these other games in your library. No, yeah. this one is not worth your time. But we also find a lot of diamonds in the rough. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. I thought so, yeah. <laughs> because there's only few, like, I could say, like, three games in one year that we would stick to, even though 
we already finished the review, we would continue playing it. It's very mm. rare, but it happens like every year mm. with some games. And mm. like games that we would never expect. Like yeah. my yeah. my best example is a game called Nuclear Throne. Yeah. Which is like a a bullet hell pixelated roguelite kind of thing. Like and all of those words that I just said are not my genre yeah. at all. Yeah. Like if I read or watched anything about this game, I would be convinced that I hate it and I cannot stop playing it. Yeah. Mm. It's this simple little like bullet hell game that I just keep coming back to over and over. And I never even would have opened it if it wasn't for this channel. Huh. So that's the kind of thing that we hope to be able to pass on. And if like our our loyal viewers watch our review, whether they're interested or not, we'll be able to tell them, hey, this this is more than it appears. Like you mm. should you should check this out. Mikhail has one yeah. as well. Well I'm I was never into card games, but I got this to this card game that I played for over a year. And it's a multiplayer one actually as well. So I got to really stick to it mm. even though I had to play other games. Yeah. But we usually like these uh, smaller games that you can really play uh, like for lots of hours, but it needs mm. only like five minutes to play because, of course, we can't uh, uh, we can't go and play one game for so many hours because mm. this mm. is not our full time. This is not your full time. Yeah. You have jobs and everything. So we tend to really like these smaller games that you can just play for ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I know Jay, I was gonna say you 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 talk a lot about the how games are feeling more mobile yeah um one of you said earlier something about single player games uh can't be monetized very well which i slightly disagree with because mm -hmm. look at all these mobile games like candy crush in particular that's a single player game that makes <clears throat> tons of money and that's actually gone into some other games like even the, the recent assassin's creed games have microtransactions in them now and they're they're trying to shoehorn it in wh wherever they can so they might not make nearly as much as with multiplayer, but they still can make it with the single-player stuff. But anyway, they're trying to take these mobile tactics and put them into these other games, like these these games that you paid for in EA's case, or in other cases, just any any game that gets put out, like uh, Warzone, like the Battle Pass well, system. A lot, yeah, yeah. A lot of the well, a lot. This has happened a lot in the free games in the past. Well. And since this whole like free games thing kind of started coming out like uh, four years or five years ago, is um, they're very mobile like like mm. like even PUBG or or Super People really uh, you know there's no microtransactions in it yet but mm. I'm that's one thing that I kind of have to ignore when I play it is because it just looks kind of like a, the HUD looks like a mobile game and I dislike that like I'm not trying to you know if if people play mobile games that's great you know. Play on what you can, but for me, I don't like when things are thrown on the screen and it says, open this loot crate and get your coins for the day. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I dislike that. And so I get, yeah, and I mean, I haven't played the Assassin's Creed, but it seems like they're kind of, yeah, trying to shoehorn it into like single player games now. So it, it could be the possibility that those are going to be a good source of monetization for these developers. There is this, uh, this game theory video a while ago. I don't know if you guys watch game theory. Um, but he was talking about how the mobile model of games is actually designed to addict and bring you back constantly because they have things like energy that you ha you're forced to stop playing so you don't actually get fatigued with it. So you keep coming back and every time you come back, you're more excited about it. 
And they've tried to bring that into a lot of other games. Like you said, click this to open the crate. Mm-hmm. Like even the Battlefield series, they have that. Uh, remember, I actually dislike that. What is yeah. it? Remember from, uh, we, used to, we used to play this game. It was, what is it? A Call of Duty clone called Modern Combat. Uh, we mentioned it in the last podcast, I think. Mm. Um, but it was a mobile game. And they do, you can't access it through uh, compu- like PCs and stuff, like through app stores and all sorts of stuff like that. But um, I mean, we played Modern Combat 4, and the, they had this campaign, and there was multiplayer. And then they came up with Modern Combat 5, which, uh, if you go to the campaign, I don't know if you remember this, but to play the campaign, there was energy. Yeah. Mm. You needed, you could only play like three missions at a time. It wasn't like Candy Crush where it was a level and you can complete it like that. It was an actual campaign mission with story that they locked behind energy. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys see that a lot? Or what are your thoughts on that in terms well, of the single player games getting that? Well, talking about the uh, mobile games, I had just an interesting <laughs> idea that we never talked in the, with Caleb as well. I'm going to share it with you because... <laughs> There's a, actually a possibility for single players to earn money even with being free. Because you said it, it's on the mobile. There's something, there are ads. Mm-hmm. And by watching ads, you're getting this energy or you have to buy the energy. So how come there's no single player or multiplayer game on PC that generate or that you watch ads to get something valuable in the game? Because... Mm-hmm. It's happening all the time in mobile mm. games, but nobody ever tried it in the PC, right? Or sure. consoles. I feel <laughs> like there were some PC sports games yeah. where, like, between matches, you're supposed okay. to, like, watch watch some advertisements. But it's not It's not yeah. actually, like... It's yeah, not usual. Yeah. It's not usual. Yeah. I mean... It could be another source of income for, like smaller indie developers if they could give it the game for free but include ads of course we would hate it as uh, gamers but they can make money out of it i mean i yeah maybe there's a reason well because it's probably not culturally accepted but someone's going to try it and it's probably going to be the big accepted on mobile it is on it is accepted on on mobile and i'm going to bring an interesting twist here that yeah all of this is really hard to swallow and it's really annoying when we realize that yeah, that that our the game company that we love is just trying to suck money out of us. At mm. the end of the day, though, it is a business, and if they can't make money, they're going to stop making games. I like I worry about the impact of this free game, free to play or free to keep games on like small developers. But let's put that aside. Having any games that are free that are monetized then within the game then makes them more accessible, especially to like low-income gamers, that it means you can start it. And if you don't have the money or you don't want to spend the money that the game is requesting in the game, at least you can still have the experience, you can still be part of it, and it's accessible. The exact same model, here's the twist, is what we use on YouTube, that everyone can watch yeah. us for free, and it's we actually get money from it, not because people pay to see our content, but because they have to watch an ad before mm-hmm. the video starts. And it's, I mean, what you were saying exactly, what if, like, that's a very direct comparison yeah. of mobile games with ads inside yeah. them that could translate to PC games. Yeah. And, like, that feels kind of icky and annoying, but 
it would increase accessibility for people who have no money for video games. And these microtransactions also, I know that people hate them. I, I do also. But it it is a way of saying people who don't have money can still play it and people who do have money can still contribute to the company so that they can make more games. Uh, I don't know. I'm. This is a surprisingly positive <laughs> moment for me of yeah. saying maybe this isn't so bad and maybe this is a better system that we're moving towards. There's other things that I'm negative about, but I don't know. What do you think? Is that is that like a, a reasonable way to see this new development in a positive light? Potentially for indie games, if an indie game wanted mm. to offer that for free um, and still make money from it. But if a big company did this, they would get boycotted oh, so badly. Get backlash. People yeah. would leave such bad reviews on Steam, and they would hate on the game every chance they got. Well, there was even, like, Battlefield. I mean, obviously, there's no microtransactions in it yet, yet, because there is a store. Um, but um, there's obviously... The, it, it was pushed out early by EA themselves, um, but there's, like, no... There wouldn't be any ads. If there were ads in that, the Maybe game would be... The, mm. It would be destroyed. Well, it would... I don't know. It's uh, that's actually a, that's actually really interesting that you bring that up because it's true because it's not culture ex culturally accepted in the in the gaming community. I mean, we would hate that. That would be it's meme gone today. That would be the worst <laughs> thing the ever. Ads. But we're also more privileged in a way that we are we have funds that we can just kind of spend on stuff like that. So it's weird because we look at it in a way like, oh, please, no, never. Like, I do not want to see ads in games. That'd be the worst thing ever. But if you look at a game, like, let's say it's kind of like Fortnite, right? Where it's free, but there's like skins and stuff. I suppose it wouldn't be the worst thing if they allow an alternate option from paying with your money and just watching ads. But even that just coming out of my mouth, it feels so yeah. terrible. <laughs> but it's 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 a solution. And it's, I mean... I, I hate to break it to you, but it's already started, except that these big companies are secretly double dipping. There are so many games that have like product placement mm. in their games. You know, Death Stranding comes to mind with like Monster Energy. That that uh, was a paid yeah, marketing yeah. campaign by Monster Energy to have the characters yeah. drinking Monster Energy and all I the time. I think in all the sports games, there are like sports in games. The real life. Like you can be sure if you're if you're playing an RPG. And the vending machine has act like yeah. an, a branded soda in the vending machine. They didn't just put that there randomly. They went to Coke or Pepsi and say, hey, do you want your soda to be in this really popular RPG vending machine? Because otherwise we're just going to go to the other guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, but we're paying for the game and they're getting those marketing deals. What if those like branding deals pay for the game for us? That would be a bit fairer. Well, I think maybe we just found a hole in the market and maybe somebody who's just listened to this podcast and is actually indie or game developer could use this idea and find this podcast really useful. Yeah. I would rather... Free idea, guys. <laughs> I would rather uh, have product placement like that in a game than have an ad run mm. every so often. Sure. Because yeah. it, it kind sure. of... Yeah. They could make it fit into the game itself, but if it was like well, if it was just yeah. a regular ad, it would just kind of unimmerse you from the game, especially well, if it was a single player game. But that's a well, that's a mm. different like that's a it's a different thing though because the ad placement in the game benefits the developers plus the money that you paid for the game. 
But if it was like an ad that could pay for the game for someone that didn't necessarily have the money, like they make the game free because people will watch the ads. Like I hate, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's in everything <laughs> now. It's in shows. When you watch Hulu, there's ads in it. When you watch Xfinity, it's the, oh yeah. I mean, again, it's the YouTube. It's the YouTube model. It's how we can actually make money from YouTube. Uh, no, no viewer is paying us for our content. It's because advertisers put ads on our videos. Yeah. That's why, like anyone can make a like anyone is able to make a living on on YouTube. So, it's already in a lot of our entertainment, and it's true. I mean, Mikhail makes a really good point that it's kind of surprising that it hasn't fully infiltrated our our PC games yet. Um, maybe it's coming. Maybe after <laughs> after you release this podcast, it's coming. <laughs> don't oh, tell no. EA. Whatever you do, oh, don't no. let EA know. They, I'm they sure maybe, they have it maybe, in their sites. Maybe we should actually delete this podcast yeah, after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just to be sure. Or cut this part out. If you're listening to this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, EA, EA would make well, you I, pay for the game, pay for DLC, and throw ads on the screen oh, for yeah. you to watch. They make you there pay, you go. pay to yeah. watch the ads. <laughs> yeah, they make you pay to watch the ads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I wanted to ask you guys, like, talking about consolidation of all of this and how more and more games are going either free to play and, like, or free to keep or on paid subscription services and all everything is consolidating. I mean, talking about the big deals in, in gaming as well. Like, do you think that it could be in five to ten years it could be a thing of the past to actually pay for an individual game and everything is either going to be free to play or it's just behind a monthly subscription and there's no like everything will be okay the you know gta 12 or whatever it is at that point no. will only be playable if you have a game pass subscription and that'll be the only way to play the big games. It's just to sell the console, just to sell the monthly <laughs> subscription. Do you think that that's where we're headed? I think in 12 years, it'll still be GTA 5. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Because of how long yeah. Well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Bad example. Yeah. Um, well, Game Pass know. is huge. Yeah, that's, that's um, one of the big ones. Like uh, all the, there's the streaming services um, for games. Not, I mean, obviously the streaming services for movies and TV mm -hmm. shows. But um, there's streaming services like... Uh, Google Stadia. Um, there's the Amazon one. Netflix. There's, the there's yeah. It's called. Um, oh, Netflix is going to be doing one. Netflix too. has one. Mm. Uh, I just oh, tried. Be doing one. Netflix has started. Yeah, Netflix has given. It's like a few small mobile games, oh. but they're trying to get into the gaming mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. There's uh, there's PS Now, which I tried the other day. There's a little bit of input lag, um, but I mean it's relatively it's playable. Mm. Um, there's I'm trying to think of any other ones, any other big ones. Well, like you said, with Stadia um, and GeForce Now, you actually have to buy those games. GeForce Now, you do. Stadia, is there's a lot of free stuff on there. But GeForce mm. Now, you actively have to own the game to be able to use it. The biggest mm. example is Game Pass. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's almost... Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, It's a different thing, but it's kind of almost in the same, like, topic. You know, uh, like... It's almost like the same topic because I get Game Pass... Or I got Game Pass for a dollar for three months. And mm -hmm. that always happens. I always get it for a dollar. I was going to yeah. say EA Play, but you could literally play EA Play through Game Pass for yeah, free. Yeah, you get EA so, Play yeah. if you get Game Pass. So it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's weird. Like, Epic is doing this free thing, but are we kind of now going to get free games or subscription? Because if you look at, like, the movie scene, with everything that's happened in the last couple of years, um, I think Ben Affleck said this, which is a weird reference, but 
He said that really the only movies that are going to be theater movies now are going to be the big Marvel blockbusters. Mm -hmm. All these indie movies, uh, it's changed us, you know, because I don't go to the movies. I mean, I went to see Spider-Man, but I don't go to the movies, really. I don't have like a want to go to the movies unless it's a big title. Like, I'll go see Doctor Strange 2 or I'll see Morbius Mm -hmm. or whatever. And now, and especially like with Star Wars, there aren't. They haven't made a Star Wars movie in so long. In about three or four years or something. But I'm addicted to the Disney Plus stuff. <laughs> yep. And it's like, I like this subscription thing, and I'm less likely to go to the movies, and it's kind of like a parallel with the gaming. I like the Game Pass mm-hmm. stuff, and I don't buy single-player games all that often. So I don't know. And I think they're still... You don't will- pay $60 for a brand new game either, because if it goes on Game Pass day one, you're already paying for Halo. the subscription. Yeah. yeah. You can just play it. Well, Halo, Halo Infinite month. multiplayer went free on Steam. I, was it on? Was it on Epic? I don't think it was. I don't, right? Halo? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, Microsoft yeah. doesn't doesn't really talk to Epic that uh-huh. much, and I think it's because we didn't realize it like a couple of years ago. But I think it's because Microsoft has decided to own the game industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, they bu- like they 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 want to be top dog, and Game Pass is just yeah. blowing the competition oh, out yeah. of the water. Like there's. Have you guys there, tried Game Pass? There's nothing that compares to Game Pass. Yeah. Right now we don't. We have in the past for that mm-hmm. like the one dollar thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now with the free games on Epic, we have more than enough to play, and each week, you know, we get new things that we kind of have to, have to play. So, adding, you know, adding a subscription service with an, an extra hundred games to the backlog <laughs> doesn't make sense for us right now. Yeah. But we have talked about if Epic Games stops giving away free games, yeah. we might just start covering everything new that comes to Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We were thinking about doing a Game Pass list. Well, we, will, uh, we didn't do it, right? We no, didn't we do the list because we were thinking about doing it. Uh, what What was it? What was gonna What was gonna be put on Game Pass? We wanted to do the list with Halo was one well, of them. Halo. There was um, all the Bethesda games that were added mm. to it too, like all of them except like Deathloop or something. Um, but yeah, there. Well, actually, sorry. Actually, some of our viewers they ask us because we have this uh, video series weekly free gaming where we cover only games that are really free not like paid subscription they ask us will you cover also uh, game pass or amazon prime amazon prime and we say like we can't do everything so if you have sources and time to do it you might try it yeah. and we will be happy to uh, tell them kubold gaming does it hmm. go to them mm. so yeah, yeah that might be an interesting thing to do yeah but i don't know five to ten I'll, years yeah. will buying games not like be a thing anymore i in my opinion, I think it still will be a thing. I think it'll still... just be it would be less common. Well, think about PlayStation. I mean, PlayStation, <clears throat> The Last of Us is like my favorite game. Last of Us, um, Uncharted series, God of War. I don't think those are ever gonna go free. Mm. Just because PlayStation knows that they make that their partners make really good games and they know people will buy a PlayStation for that. Mm-hmm. And the Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man Miles Morales, like those are crazy successful. Yeah. I think those will always be around, but on PC, I think we might we might see more Game Pass stuff type type of model. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I think I agree and uh, I'm afraid we just touched the dark side of the free games because the more free games or like uh, one dollar games we get, more we get used to it. And then when other games suddenly cost us sixty dollars, we are like, ah, I can play, 
games for one dollar. So I think you're right. Like still big uh, games that the series we love, we still gladly pay for. But since there's so many more games free or almost free, we're like used to it now. So I think it it will go. It will continue. It will rise. And as you said, yeah. there will still be AAA games or maybe triple-A games and really small indie games that are as cheap as some subscriptions and they can coexist. Well, there's but uh, maybe that's a question like if there's going to be so many games as a paid subscription, will the creators of these games will still get enough money? Mm. Won't, they, won't it like damage mm. the gaming, the big gaming uh, studios. I mean, in everything, we see massive consolidation now on, on multiple levels and multiple industries. And of course, consolidation is not good for diversity. Mm. Yeah. So those smaller so. studios are going to get kind of strangled out or bought by the big companies and hopefully still allowed to do their thing and to have some freedom and independence. Well, well I meant like if there's going to be suddenly too many subscriptions and you're going to still pay like uh, $10 for a subscription, but instead of 100 games, you're going to have 500 games. They still have to divide the same amount of money, so they mm. get less mm. money, right? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. I was going to mention before, um, what, what about uh, if you look at, let's say, like game key sites, which game key sites are big. Like we, the three of us, um, have probably bought more games off of anything than game key sites mm. so how do you think the game key sites will do because it doesn't mm. actually affect the developer because the people buy the game from the developer or from a cheapo yeah. area or cheapo shop and then sell it for even cheaper so how do you think that would affect the perfect yeah. the perfect person <laughs> to talk about that actually <laughs> Well, I had actually for about five years, I had a shop where I was selling the keys, game keys. And actually, when we are doing the reviews now of the free Epic Games, we do it uh, one week in advance. So we can release it as the game is free. So we need to buy these games. And of course, we're not buying like uh, these games for $40 on Steam. And we just buy it like for $2 on these as yeah. uh, electronic games mm. so mm -hmm. we're actually using using it a lot and i know some people are against it like uh, maybe there's some possibility of some hackers steal a lot of keys and then resale it mm. but we are not like strongly against it because i think it's okay to use it and if somebody has less money it's totally fine to buy it for just uh, part of the prize than you would on the Steam. But I also think it's interesting that in this changing game environment mm. that for your first few years it mm. it was profitable, if I remember correctly, and yeah. you decided to shut it down. Yeah. Now, but why why did you decide to shut it down? Like it was two years ago, I think. Yeah, that was well. There was just least interest, and as the games actually get uh, less expensive, it's then less profitable for me. Like. At the beginning, there was like still most of the games, uh, not AAA games, but still like $40. Now with these subscriptions, the people just buy less of the paid games in general. I, mm. and I, I, I mean, I, I think the, the parallel to, to streaming sites is, is really apt. Like 
I mean, Netflix is why Blockbuster went out of business. You know, Blockbuster was selling individual movies or renting individual movies. And as soon as you can pay a monthly fee to have access to all of it, something like that goes out of business. The, yeah. the, those key sites and most game stores, I think, are probably doomed. Yeah. <laughs> as, well, yeah. As GameStop is for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and as soon as Game Pass gets larger and Epic Games gives out more free games and... You know, I don't know how Steam will go, but I, I, I actually do think that those game sites are probably doomed as well. Just because since, as a whole, the gaming industry is going towards subscription or free, I think they just won't have enough material to keep things going. Mm -hmm. They might have a backlog of, like, older games that maybe you don't have access to or something. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't, But that means Steam, Steam just going the direction of, like... Indie gala, basically, of saying, "Come here for the games that no one sells anymore because they're ten years old and you can't get anywhere else." You know, it's those are very thin margins, so that would be a very different world. Yeah. There is mm. the on Steam. There are the uh, these the early access games, which I mean, I think Epic mm. has, but it's very they don't really have a specific like thing to show that they're early access. But on Steam, there's like an early access section. You can check out the games that are currently like in development um, and like buy the game to kind of help the development of the game, which is a very cool idea, um, which I think Epic should jump onto as well. Because hmm. they are only kind of marketing towards bigger games and free games, not like active developed games. I think the early access section of Steam actually does really well. It does. Like PUBG was in early access. Lost Ark was in early access, which I think just came out. It's coming out tomorrow, I think. Yeah, and that game is huge. Um, but I think, like what you actually, said, yeah, yeah, the indie games. Actually, Epic Game Store is just uh, introduced an early access games, uh, but since they still have uh, very little games compared to Steam, of course they're like introducing even this. But it's getting slow. Of mm. course, Steam is still so big, mm. has so many like different possibilities for the games. But they're slowly introducing uh, early access as well. Yeah, that's cool. But I think the the way you described it is like an indie game, you know, central place that I think Steam does really well. And I think that Steam is kind of like a home for developers that don't want to go to Epic or kind of do that thing. It's kind of like a home for indie developers to go there like like i mentioned before inscription which kind of blew up and ha i think it's overwhelmingly positive it's right still, now it's still up there yeah. Now. yeah and that was like kind of like a it almost seems like a passion game i haven't played it myself but i've you know seen videos on it and stuff and i think um i don't know that that seems like it has a has a long shelf life i can see that going on for years and years but i think it i don't know i mean it just depends on how much you know because microsoft has so much money they can just buy so many companies and it's a little worrying because like i said before more of the power is going to these corporations and stuff and less to our to us because i could pay a dollar for a three-month subscription but that doesn't necessarily correlate to how i enjoy certain games on there because i didn't pay for that individual game i rather just have a subscription mm -hmm. that's included and microsoft store is horrible too oh it's, like it, it never works right yeah mm -hmm. their launcher is pretty bad I don't think it's bad as the EA launcher or whatever that that yeah, Origin yeah Origin or EA Desktop EA Desktop is a lot yeah they have worse Origin, Origin and EA Desktop like they have two I, but I don't know <laughs> it's weird I mean I I don't know how how Microsoft can spend like seventy billion dollars on Activision and like 
how much money would it take to make a decent store yeah. launcher? Like, yeah. <laughs> because seventy billion, like a hundred million dollars to like hire you know fifty programmers for a year, yeah. and give them all the money that they can possibly use, and make make a better store. Like they could with the money they have, they could like blow Epic out of the water. You know, in a year, yeah. Epic would not exist mm-hmm. anymore, and any like. You would go to Game Pass for your subscriptions. Anything that's not there, you would buy it either on Steam or the Microsoft Store. I don't know why they're not doing well, it. You might think it's easy, but if you like give this opportunity to some programmer and they know a Microsoft setting, and there's no way I can fix that. I would have to remade it completely. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it's not that easy because it's so bad that it's maybe beyond fixing. So start start with Linux. Yeah, start like with build, build, it, build it on Linux. Yeah. And <laughs> well, like... For for you guys, maybe like summing up here, like you're dedicated gamers, uh, all this stuff that we've talked about, especially this movement towards like free to play and free to keep games. Does this make you ex- more excited or more worried about the future of gaming? <laughs> I don't mm, know. I'm it's pretty mixed neutral feelings. about it. Mixed feelings. Yeah. I think it just depends. I, I think a part of me is worried because um, I don't want things to get more mobilized, but the other half of me is like, uh, well, you know, it just gives people more opportunity to, to play games. But as as long as they do a good job of giving the people that want to keep the same type of thing, like you pay $40, $60 for a new game, and they have the free games that maybe have the ads or that type of thing in it, I hope they don't just throw away everything else in the past and turn it into a new thing. I hope they kind of just give you options. Hmm. Now, if Steam made a Game Pass-like subscription, that would be a game changer right there. Yeah, that would, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they would have to... Why haven't they done that? We've talked about it, how they could compete. They could literally compete with Microsoft. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. literally. If If there was enough games on it, they could... Yeah, they could... Because there's a huge group of people, like... I would include myself into this, but all of us pretty much, and I'm assuming you guys too, that you don't kind of, you don't want that part of buying like an indie game to go away. That's like $10, like Terraria. It's like $10, you know, great game. You don't really want that to go away to where it's mobilized and free and, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that the subscription kind of retains some of that feeling. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I hope, I have hopes that there still will be that element of buying a game mm-hmm. and getting that satisfaction. Yeah. It. You know, but mm-hmm. how about you guys? What are you worried or, or, or excited? Well, I, I am, I think I'm on the very same page with you. I, I don't care as much as I can keep playing the games I like. Mm-hmm. I don't care if there's some games that have optional ads or there's optional to, pay them for one dollar you got five i don't care if i can if the still games like dark souls keep uh, coming up i'm i'm only positive about it like if if you don't touch my games i don't care what you (laughs) do with your games yeah Yeah. that's it now i think that's selfish (laughs) that that we can agree is selfish (laughs) bad selfish i think that's bad selfish so what's your opinion on that (laughs) um you know, I'm I'm actually I'm really glad we had this conversation because it's something I've been thinking about different elements of it for a long time, and I feel like I got to an unexpected place that I'm actually cautiously optimistic, mm. and I didn't see that coming. I and I see, especially especially the, in the winter. 
<laughs> Especially considering it's February in the Czech Republic. Um, it gets dark at 4.30 p.m. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, spring is coming. It's, it'll, be, it'll be fine. Um, especially the question of access, of knowing, like, how many people who had no access to gaming before now have access to so many amazing experiences. And even if it comes with, you know, more annoying loot boxes or ads or things like that for us, this is, this is actually, it's, it's a huge and kind of traumatic transition, but this is a, the democratization of, of video games. This is a whole new era for mm. tens of millions of people to be able to, to play video games, whether it's mobile games or um, have access to these big experiences that were never possible before. So that, I think that blows everything else out of the water. Mm. And what still concerns me a lot is the effect on indie developers. Will we still have space for, you know, very unique, creative, small studios to do their thing and still be appreciated for bringing new experiences? But I think there's room for that. You know, Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and all of this have not completely destroyed the indie movie scene. They've just kind of brought it into the fold and it depends how it's done if Mm. microsoft and sony and nintendo or whatever can acquire these companies but still value them for their individuality and creativity then it could be a bright new like renaissance of video games Mm. or they could go completely corporate and crush it crush it and we'll have nothing (laughs) but loot boxes and (laughs) battle royale clones for the next 10 years like it could go either way, and there's like a handful of people in the gaming industry that are going to decide which way it yeah. goes. Mm. And maybe there's something that we don't realize fully because we think like there's so many games, but there's actually more and more gamers. And as we go more digital, there are people who didn't play any games, and maybe there's new games like Fortnite. I don't think uh, a lot of gamers play Fortnite, so. People who actually play Fortnite didn't play anything else and maybe would never go into gaming. So Mm. there are more and more gamers. So I think it's okay to Mm. have more opportunities for a different game. So I think I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm actually kind of excited. I I think I (laughs) have I have to say that I'm I'm excited about about where this is going. It's different and some parts of it are annoying, but just like how YouTube kind of broke open the content creator world like none of this was possible we could not talk with everyone who's listening to this Mm. just 10 years ago it was not there were no avenues for us to be just independent creators and now it is Mm. and so i hope that this transition of gaming kind of provides similar opportunities somehow in a in a different way but we'll see yeah Yeah. actually i'm gonna go with that because there's that there's that part of me behind me that's like don't touch my games, type of, you know, like, <laughs> yes, like that's the selfish part. Yeah. That's like, that part is like talking yeah. to me, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, you know, focus on what you said. Cause I actually like how you put it. I like that. We're kind of breaking open this, this, this can of gaming that wasn't previously, you know, accessible to all these people mm-hmm. and, it, and it could, I'm going to, I'm going to keep optimistic about it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So change, change can be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it. Um, be sure to uh, rate us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. Uh, go subscribe to Should You Play It. They're great. They publish a lot of great content. They're they're always active. Um, 
not only if you just want Epic Games stuff, but you want reviews and, and live streams. They have a great, uh, actually a really great community over there. A lot of people that love them and, and kind of, they'll welcome you into the community. Um, so go subscribe to them. We, we, we mentioned a lot of negative comments here in this podcast, but in, in general, like we have <laughs> yeah. like um, um, an amazing fan base and people who are like just supportive and encouraging for absolutely no reason and they yeah. they're the reasons why we keep doing it so you're absolutely right we have a, an amazing community we basically really remember only the negative ones because we have so <laughs> yeah. many positive ones right the positive ones are like oh yeah, yeah yeah standard what did you say <laughs> their community consists of only the people that have bad stuff to say no, okay. <laughs> no they, have a, they have a they have a really good community i've i've you know they have they have a really uh, cohesive community for sure so go subscribe to them. Uh, subscribe to our Cubelcast YouTube so you can see us, you can see them. You can look at back week, uh, last week's and watch us eat the terrible candies <laughs> and us being tortured. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Yep, thank you. Uh, for being here and being guests on the show. It was it was a lot of fun. We got to do this again, and, and hopefully we can get more people on the show. and More collabs with people, stuff like yeah, that. Explore yeah, explore more. So. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having us. We enjoyed it as well, and uh, we like to brainstorm with other gamers. Yeah, yes, well. that, mm -hmm. it was that was awesome. I enjoyed that very much. Um, so yeah, be sure to check them out, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye.